0: As we head into Christmas, the Brewers haven't really made any moves for the month of December, but we'll see what's going on with the Milwaukee Brewers, talk some stadium issues, where this funding is going to go to, the Walk of Fame. Craig Council is on the ballot. (laughs) We'll talk about Gary Sheffield, maybe his last chance to get into the Hall of Fame. J.R. Radcliffe from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel does a million things for those guys, including covering the Brewers. We'll get to him coming up next here on this edition of Lockdown Brewers.
1: You are Locked On
0: Brewers, your
1: daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. Hope you all have a good week here and, you know, obviously busy and all that with all the holidays, winding up the first, uh, what the last work days, I think, of of 2023 20, uh, we're in, I guess. Chuck Freeman here. Good to have you along. My first-year host of Lockdown Brewers. longtime sportscaster here in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, enjoy being with you. We're on three times a week here during the off-season on Lockdown Brewers. And we're covering a lot of Brewer subjects. We wish we had, let's face it, some trades and all that wheeling and dealing. But, you know, you hear rumors of stuff going on, but nothing seems to happen. At least now. But, as we've been saying, when you least expect it, something is going to be dropping with the Milwaukee Brewers. There's no doubt about that. But... It is great to have Jr. Radcliffe, longtime reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Wisconsin resident, invested in these teams, covered them, doing a wide range of things. Jr., it is great having you on the podcast for a first time. Yeah, it's great to be here, Chuck. How are things going, man? Oh, they're going all right. You know, the off season here—it's uh, you know, I thought after November with the the council stuff and the and the Woodrow stuff that we'd be having some more news. And you know, I haven't got your take on council we haven't talked about we kind of i <laughs> talked about him for the last three weeks or so what do you what, yeah. What all, yeah i know you covered that what'd you think of all that well yes. you mentioned you mentioned the the
1: the walk of fame ballot that is due i believe as we record this i think it's due on monday yeah. and uh he's on it and it's like it is already it's occurred to me are they really going to bring him back for a walk of fame celebration when he's managing the chicago cubs i mean in, in a way he's he unquestionably I, I think I think it, I think it's impossible to argue. He's he's the best manager in franchise history. Like eventually yeah. he belongs in that Walk of Fame. But it's just so awkward right now to <laughs> this guy who just surprised everybody to go to the rival to have him come back and be part of that. I mean he's he's part of even the the development of sort of the Walk of Fame counterpart that Wall of Honor. Like he was the guy who pushed for that. So he is he is as part of this franchise as anybody. But but this is just a really awkward time. I I you know I I haven't thought about it for a while since you know since a few. Few weeks have gone by at this point, but uh, it's it's still pretty stunning. Uh, I mean, he really, I, I just like his comments just make me think he really didn't realize what a big deal this was going to be to people. That people were really gonna feel some level of hurt by this, as much hurt as you can feel for when a sports figure takes another job. And uh, obviously, you he did, he put himself in position to to get a good payday. He deserves to be regarded as one of the best managers in baseball. That's my opinion. I do feel he is one of the best managers in baseball and should be paid like it. I don't uh I don't know if there was zero chance that he was coming back to Milwaukee like you kind of get the feeling he was ready to move on whether or not we call that a new challenge or whatever you get the feeling he there was something here that he 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 couldn't capture that he wanted to try something else, somewhere else but uh but it's still just really shocking that he went to the Chicago Cubs a team that had a manager that is uh that is the feared not feared but fierce rival of this organization um I, I'm not sure we're going to even really be able to fully appreciate it until we see him in that uniform to start the year.
0: You know, it's funny, um, you know, back to what you said about him not really fully understanding why people would be upset. I mean, that, I guess that baffled me a lot. It yeah. really did. I didn't understand that at all. I mean,
1: I I, I can understand him calculating that and being like, well, that's going to hurt. But mm-hmm. also... This is important for me. It's important for my family. I can stay local and still be in a major market where they have a better chance of winning, theoretically, because they're willing. They have more money to be, or at least in their mind, they have more money to be willing to pay, you know, top line free agents. And I, you know, will be have a lot of respect around the game, and maybe I set the bar for other managers if that's really a thing. I, I guess it probably is. So, you know, I he gets he gets the right to all of all of that, but like. I, I was surprised because I do think of him as a very cerebral guy who really does have an understanding just of mm-hmm. everything. It takes really a, a clear temperature of how things, you know, of the room. He just seems to understand everything. To not understand that fans would react with such backlash to that, that that does not track with me. Either either he's just trying to downplay it, or he like re- shockingly was caught off guard by this. Because honestly, how could he not see that coming?
0: I mean, really, I mean, he knows. He's he's part of the fabric. He says he's part of the fabric of this community, but I, I mean, know. How, I mean, really odd. How, how do you think the response is going to be for him when he brings that lineup out, or even if he does, maybe he doesn't bring the lineup out when when they're <laughs> here. Maybe he saves himself, or he when he will. makes that first pitching change, he goes out there. Yeah, he will. I mean, he doesn't. He's he's not going
1: to back down from it. I I I've thought about this a lot. I I don't know. I mean, there will be booing. A lot of aggressive booing for sure, because. There's going to be even even if even if more people are happy to are happy for him than not, which I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the case. But even if that were the case, the, the booers are going to be the louder ones. So like you will hear that. I don't know if that happens. You know, is this a Gary Sheffield situation where he gets booed every time he comes to the plate 15 years later? I mean, that's what happened to Gary Sheffield. I don't know if we'll see that for Craig Council. I don't think so. But I don't know if I can answer that right now. I think it depend I mean, if the Cubs win the World Series this year, <laughs> mm-hmm. I I think it's I-, I think he's persona non grata Milwaukee for the rest of his life, right? Like I, I just don't know how Bruce fans won't get over that. That'll be that'll be a long, long. It'll take forever for that wound to heal. I think.
0: But it seems like we have uh, Favre in Green Bay gotten over that. We're gonna get over the Rogers things eventually when he gets. Yeah. Uh, he gets his number up there. Well, but but, but far I mean, he didn't he didn't win a Super Bowl. He he beat the Packers twice.
1: That's true. And then the next year, the Packers beat him twice. And then the Packers won the Super Bowl. Yep. So, I mean, like, who really made out? Did the Packers make out worse for wearing that deal? They ended up getting a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, super easy to like get over it when the Packers got a, got the better end of the deal. I think it just depends what comes next that sort of shapes how people look at this for for the next fifteen twenty years. How about when Molar
0: left in '93? Mm. Maybe that because he was booed he was booed and i know he was hurt by that yeah. but eventually the, the boos began to die off uh, of course the you know toward the end of his career and all that and and when they brought him back and, and retired his number, certainly they cheer for him.
1: Yeah, I think and that is a different situation where I, I think ultimately, as we look back, it's not it's not on Molitor for leaving. Like, certainly he had maybe a choice, but that that mm-hmm. that the organization shortchanged him. And and so that's oh, how history
0: remembers that. What they still they still booed him. Remember, the fans. The, I know. I know. I, I'm yeah. just
1: saying, like, history yeah. doesn't history favors Molitor in that situation. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case here because because it was such a such a such an easy easy call. For, well, not easy call, but like he he took so much more money to go to go to a rival. You know, Molitor went to the to the other league and obviously had some success and that was great. But um, he he did get booed a little bit. I don't I don't think history remembers that though. History doesn't remember Paul Molitor is doing anything villainous. Yeah,
0: no, uh, he won a World Series next year. Mm-hmm. World Series Brewers- MVP. They were with yeah, him, and the Brewers kind of fell off, but and, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. And, I mean, and, he
1: made out really well, because the Brewers yeah. were about to head into a very dark period of time for like 15 years, and Molitor went ahead and had some of the best years of his life, so it's, yeah. it's crazy how that worked out for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he left 92 team was actually competitive. They, they were in the yep, race to, to the, the bitter end, end of the season, and then, you know, like you said, several years. With bad, Toronto, bad. like
1: he, he was battling yeah. with Toronto, and then he
0: couldn't beat them, so he joined them, and then he him,
1: yeah. it worked out great for him, but, uh, but yeah, that 92 team, that was really a last sort of Last gasp for the for the brewers for a long time.
0: J.R. Radcliffe joining us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good to have him along here on Locked On Brewers. Follow him at J R R Radcliffe. J.R. Radcliffe. And yes, Radcliffe is two spelled. Yeah, there's two R's. R. R. C.L.I.F.F.E. J.R. Radcliffe. The there I am. Find him on Twitter. He's always got some great things to say. Hang on, Jr. We want to get to back to you just a little bit. Got to do a little Business here. The show is brought to you as always by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Good to have him along here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And of course, on FanDuel, I mean there's many ways you can go with FanDuel. They have a hundred and fifty dollar bonus that you can get when you win your first five dollar money line play win a $5 Moneyline play, and that's it. Go to fanduel.com backslash locked on, and you're going to get this deal. They have everything on there. Game props, player props, live lines. Of course, all the games that are going on, and and you know, college basketball going on during the day. You got all these bowl games that have just started up, which started today or started this past weekend. The NFL games, the playoffs, and all that. But Fanduel is America's number one sports book, official partner on the NFL. You got Saturday NFL, Thursday NFL, all of this. But get on and all the action. If you ever wanted to get on action like this, this is where you need to go. Fanduel, one hundred fifty dollars in free bets with your by winning your first five dollar money line bet. Easy to do. Hook us up, FanDuel, fanduel.com backslash lockdown. America's number one sports book for a reason because they have all the good stuff to trust it and well known everywhere. Again, official partner of the NFL. Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers. Jared Radcliffe continues to join us after this timeout here on Lockdown Brewers. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. Chuck Freeman, Jared Radcliffe joining us from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, talking to brewers with us as always. You know, you mentioned Sheffield. Hall of Fame ballot, another guy who was booed here for mm-hmm. not for not for leaving, but for just for for other things <laughs> he did uh, and the issues that he caused. But uh, do you think because and he's gone everywhere he went, I feel like he, he caused some issues, but he was a former draft pick of the Brewers played here for a few seasons. Five of them, I think it was. Uh, do you, this is his last chance to get in the Hall of Fame. Do you think his reputation is keeping him out?
1: I, I, I do. I, I was really struck by an article written by uh, USA Today's Bob Nightingale that, that landed on Monday, and he kind of laid out the case for Sheffield. This is his 10th year on the ballot, which means mm-hmm. if he doesn't get inducted, he's not uh, he's not going to appear on the writer's ballot anymore. There's always a chance he'll come back uh, with the Veterans Committee and stuff. It doesn't mean it dies here for him. It just gets harder. And mm-hmm. I, I really was struck by that. I think there's a couple things that have always been held against Gary Sheffield, and that's he is a very honest guy. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to read that. He seems to be a guy who doesn't mind speaking his mind. And that has, like you said, it's it's caused friction in many different places, not just Milwaukee. Milwaukee, where he spent you know his first four seasons, he was brought up at 19 years old. He wasn't, you know, probably not a finished product at that point, but but started out, looked like he was, you know, on a trajectory to be a very good baseball player, which is what he became. But uh, did not uh, see eye to eye with people in Milwaukee. Kind of, I don't know, forced his way out. I, I would love to kind of revisit his days in Milwaukee because I know that uh, I've sort of reevaluated them. I always grew up thinking Gary Sheffield was this bad guy who hated Milwaukee. And he didn't like it. But, you know, you start to look back on it, it's like, well, maybe, maybe he had a real – debate. Like maybe it was just that, you know, people didn't understand him or weren't able to work with him and, and like figure out some common ground.
0: I I don't know. I would love to go back and kind of investigate that, but he, he felt his teammates didn't have his back, but I remember when he got called up because Dale Swain was playing shortstop. They're playing a Saturday night game in Detroit and Sheffield, I should say Swain went back on a pop-up and then Daryl Hamilton, the late Daryl Hamilton was racing Mm -hmm. in collision and Swain broke his leg. Now, Swayne, I thought, was off to a great start of his career, but he right. never was the same ever again. So he brought up Gary Sheffield, and the Brewers in 89 were in the pennant race. They were they were in the pennant race. Mm-hmm. And but but Chef came on and you know he added a bat to that team and played shortstop was fine. Uh, they moved over to third base and he didn't want to play third base, and that mm-hmm. caused some issues as well. He thought he was a shortstop, and yeah, you know, he never played shortstop with any other team, but Yeah, there was a multitude of things that would happen there with with Chef.
1: Yeah, and and, I mean a tremendous hitter over the course of his career, ten time All Star, great performance for the Marlins when they won the World Series. He, uh, you know, won I I think he was like five Silver Sluggers or something. He's got a a career OPS over nine hundred. I mean he's he's got a lot of the 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 things that. A Hall of Fame hitter has. He was certainly mm-hmm. feared in his generation. I'd say one thing that works against him is is a sort of an association with the with the steroids era. He had some some dealings with some of the guys that were in the Mitchell Report. He is mentioned in the Mitchell Report, but not really because he necessarily took anything it's more just because he testified against I don't remember which player in particular but like there, there's there's probably more smoke of steroids around Gary Sheffield than there deserves to be like it doesn't seem like he necessarily should be lumped in with those guys even though he's having some success at that stage of his career you know right around the time that those guys are too so you you can understand why people might have might be dubious about that but purely numbers wise like he He belongs. He belongs in in the Hall of Fame, I think. And I don't think he's going to get there, at least this time. I think maybe the Veterans Committee comes back around. You've seen that with guys like Fred McGriff, Mm -hmm. who who I think – you know, not not a not an identical vote by any means, but but similar. A guy who maybe just wasn't appreciated through those ten years of voting, and maybe more and more people came to that after the fact. So, um, so I actually I do kind of think he gets there eventually. Just just not not through the writers' process, not this yeah, year. Yeah,
0: because if you look at it, I mean, you see some of the guys who are probably in the Hall of Fame now, and you say, "Well, I take Sheffield over that guy any day." Exactly. Yeah. He's so feared. Like, I mean, do you the bat waggle? I don't know if it was just kind of the
1: aura he had, but like, I you know that guy was a masher. That was a guy you did not want in the batter's
0: box for a big in a big spot. If you were if you were the other team, I remember one tough. I remember one of the first times I saw him play. He had a foul ball at the old County Stadium, and his bat came around. He got way ahead of the pitch, and he crushed it into the upper deck in left field. It's like just a little sight of what you're gonna see of Gary Sheffield in years to come. He had. Yeah, I think he did that waggle because his bat was so quick through the zone. Yeah, I was I, I believe it. He,
1: he was a really special hitter, and uh, it's it's a shame he didn't work out in Milwaukee. He took a lot of heat from Milwaukee fans. Doesn't seem like he really cared <laughs> all that much, no. but but uh, I know he's he's a villain in Milwaukee. And and like I said, I'd love to go back and sort of revisit that and kind of kind of get to the bottom of that a little bit. Maybe maybe try to try to give everybody's point of view there and see see
0: how that would have shaken out if we were looking at it today. Chair Radcliffe joining us from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel covers a little bit of everything, Brewers, Bucks, and everything here in the state, and does some deep dive stuff as well, which are really really good stuff. Chair, what do you think of this offseason so far? Talked about it at the top. It's been kind of kind of quiet here the last several weeks Yeah, since the baseball winter meetings. It's, it has been quiet. It doesn't, it doesn't
1: surprise me this is how they operate. You know, they don't, I don't remember who in the NFL called it dumb money spent on the first day of free agency and then, you yeah. know, when the dust settles, that's when maybe some of the smarter teams get involved and I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd call the Brewers one of the smarter teams right out of hand, but that's just how they've operated and that they have had success doing that. You know, like they don't they don't hand out big time free agent contracts and, and they're waiting to see which guys are available that might be might be available at a bargain. And with the trick being, you don't want to wait too long and miss out on on some guys. So there's going to be st- still a little more time that passes. There's some, I'd say, pretty big names out there who have not yet signed, including Josh Hader, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery on the pitching side. Uh, there's a few hitters in there, too, although it's a it's a it's a light hitting class, I would say, in terms of free agent opportunities. So um I, I do think they're going to, I still think they get somebody for that infield, uh, maybe the corner, you know, one of the corner infield spots. I do think that is something they really kind of need to address. I, I don't think you can just count on, t- I love Tyler Black, and I think he's going to be a really good contributor, but I don't know if you're counting on him opening day to be the guy who's going to be your consistent Jake third Bowers baseman.
0: Either. Say that again? Jake Bowers, too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Jake Bowers, I, I mean, that's not that's not your starting first baseman. They no. they don't have a clear-cut starting first baseman right now, so Either they go get one, or they get really creative. So, we'll, we'll uh, just got to wait a little bit because that's that's just how how they run things. <laughs> they typically sign somebody like literally right before spring training, uh, mm-hmm. and those guys actually haven't worked out all that well. But uh, they'll they'll get a little bit involved here. Bringing back Wade Miley was an absolute steal. Based on I mean, like look at what Seth Lugo's getting. Like
0: they got they got Miley for dirt cheap. Bringing mm-hmm. him back. You know what? What just sucks that we, this is the game that we have to play. And I mentioned this other pat, podcast before where, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Wade Biley, and, but this is what it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, that we can't play for the big boys and all that in the way the baseball is. It just, it gets frustrating. Yeah, you like to tune up with your first and third bite, make it a play for Pete Alonzo, But, you know, that's that that's never going to happen. I mean, no. it's a pipe dream of mine, but I, it's not happening. I agree, and I mean they did they did
1: make a trade last year that was pretty blockbuster at the time when they acquired William Contreras, and it yeah. was it worked out. I mean he was their best hitter, so I, I can't you can't rule that out that they're going to go yeah. after somebody. Alonso would would certainly be somebody I would have on my short list if I didn't you know if he wasn't going to be a free agent one year later, you know like. That's a move you make if you feel like you really just need that one guy. And I don't know if that's really where the Brewers are right now. I would be pretty dang excited if they made that move. You know, David Stearns dealing with his old team. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think Brewers fans would be really, really fired up. You want to get people excited about Brewers baseball, trade for Pete Alonzo. But I'm guessing the price tag is more than they're willing to pay because they've got this wave of prospects coming up, and they could still be pretty pretty dang special if if things come together the way they kind of already started to. So... They they have to be careful not to just completely deplete that for one year of a of a a masher. I'm
0: afraid. I just don't want to go backwards. I mean, they won the division title, and you know, some of it was smoke and mirrors. Because I mean, the pitching staff was great. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to go back to mediocrity.
1: I don't blame you. I mean, 92 wins with a team that on offense anyway that nobody would be thinking much about on paper. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty encouraging that they that they do seem to find a way to improve on the fringes. They do now. Obviously, they have that pitching staff. They won't have it to, to the degree the the potential degree anyway because Brandon Woodruff isn't there anymore. He only made 11 starts, but obviously they were 11 good starts and he's a great pitcher and they'll miss him, but they were able to make that work last year with Burns, with Peralta, with Miley, Colin Ray. I mean they were they found a way to piece that together. So I guess I have faith that they can piece that together again. I just really was discouraged by their offense last year and they just have to upgrade somewhere. Uh, you know, the Contreras thing was great. Do it again. I mean, I that's, mean that's a hard thing to pull off twice, but they have got to find another bat for this offense because I I don't think they can win 92 games as currently constructed.
0: Corbin Burns, still a Brewer. We'll ask JR about that coming up here in a little bit. What he thinks is uh, going to be the outcome of Burns because Burns thinks he's going to be the opening day starter. Team thinks he's going to be the opening day starter. Boris thinks that Burns is staying here. So we'll get to that. We'll see what JR thinks after this quick break. Chuck Freeman here at Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Find us on Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads. Go to YouTube, search Lockdown Brewers, and hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. We're here during the offseason talking Brewers baseball with you and uh, getting all the news. Anytime something breaks, of course, we'll have it right here on Lockdown Brewers. We'll come right back with more of J.R. Radcliffe after this timeout. Chuck Freeman back here on Locked On Brewers, part of Locked Podcast Network. Thank you all you everydayers who download us every day and follow us along on Twitter. Chuck Freeman, F R E I M U N D, J R Radcliffe. You tell us your Twitter account.
1: Well, it's just J R Radcliffe, so that's J R R A D C L I F F E.
0: Yep, Radcliffe with the E at the end, mm-hmm. not Radford, nope. not Rad Radcliffe. That's the one from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Oh, you heard me talk about it, Burns. What do you think? You think he's coming back?
1: I think I d- I do think. So now we're still not at the point of the season. We talked about sort of the 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 way they the way they're waiting things out in free agency. It's it's true with that too. Like once these once the starting pitchers are off the board, all the all the big names, then you're going to have teams that are wondering what what you know, what are we going to do for pitching? We didn't get any of those guys. So now they're maybe going to be a little more eager to deal about, you know, deal with a team like the Brewers regarding Corbin Burns. I think there are a lot of teams out there that could still fit the bill that that would work where they have The players, the Brewers would be interested in top prospects that they can afford to give for a frontline starting pitcher for one year. So I do think there's still plenty of opportunity for him to get traded, but I kind of get the feeling that maybe that's not not what they're going to do. You know, that they really, you know, they did win 92 games last year, and if they run it back and, like I said, improve the offense a little bit, they should win 92 games again. Like, this is a division for the taking, and so... I don't know if they're going to throw that opportunity away, even if it means having to wait a little bit longer on Burns and see what happens around the trade deadline and possibly
0: lose a little bit of that capital coming back and, the other way. Unless some of these other teams get better and get better than the Brewers, because you're right, the NL Central has been a dumpster fire. But, you know, the, the, it's, it goes a little bit more than I just, I just don't want to win the division and, and be out in 27 hours in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. It, it was. It was, man. Um, so, Burns, would you need like prospects or do you think they needed some veterans to return? on that. What do you think they're
1: hunting? No. Best case scenario, of course, you get players who can help you right away. But I mean, if you're not going to get big leaguers that can, that can offset what you have with Corbin Burns Mm -hmm. as a big leaguer, because if you, if you, you know, if you could, you would just keep those guys, you wouldn't trade them for Corbin Burns. So I don't imagine, I, I, I imagine it would have to be, kind of upper-level prospects for the most part. I mean, I, I don't think – I maybe maybe you get somebody who can help you at a certain position of need at the big league level and then higher-ceiling guys that are at AAA or Double AA. I think that's what you're talking about. So um, so they would take a hit. Their pitching staff would take a hit. It would be really – it would be a lot on Freddy Peralta's shoulders to step up and, you know, really lead this rotation. They would have to find solutions for the rotation elsewhere. It's it's a tough needle to thread. And uh, and so that's – again, that's all part of the calculus.
0: You think Jackson Churio is going to be part of
1: this team? I mean 100%. Yeah, I I I guess there's a question about whether or not he's here opening day. I suppose it's mm-hmm. not a slam dunk, but he's going to be here. I think he's going to be here opening day. I think he's going to be yeah. your opening day center fielder. You don't you don't pay that guy just to like yeah. you know pol- polish a few things and and have I mean if he's if he's going to be learning at the AAA level, he might as well be learning at the big league level if you're going to pay him that much money. I mean, they theoretically have the outfielders to cover for him if he starts out slow, but um but I, yeah, I think I think they view him as as ready right now to contribute as a big leaguer. Yeah,
0: I, I guess I I love the move. You know, I know it's you, you always have to take a deep breath when something like this happens, but I I love the the move on the franchise being proactive on that and locking mm-hmm. him up. I know he hasn't played an inning in Major League Baseball, but I still think it's a it's a good direction to go to. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. This is
1: how an organization like the Brewers has to has to operate. You know, I it's risky. No one's going to say it's not. It's just. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you look at what he's done at his age and, and there just aren't many comps of players who have done that and and didn't work out at the big league level. There just aren't many of those guys, uh, you know, 19, 19 year olds, 20 year olds at the big league level. If they're if they're at the big league level at age 20, it's because evaluators saw something in them. And and quite honestly, m- most of the time that, that, that works out great. You know, that's Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna. There yeah. are a couple names of guys who didn't work out and, and there are guys who signed before they made the majors who did not work out but I, I just don't that's just not that's not where we're headed with Jackson Chorio he's going to be good you know there's a chance he's not he's not special there's a chance he's not a superstar obviously that would that would be a bummer cuz they're you know they're banking on him being a superstar they're banking on him being great pretty quickly and then they have him under contract you know for the, for the next 10 years essentially so there's a chance that doesn't happen of course there is but but that's what the Brewers have to do. They have to take that risk because the odds are he's still going to be really good.
0: Before I let you go, what do you think that starting outfield's going to look like on opening day?
1: Man, that is a really good question.
0: I I what a question because you know, my thought
1: was, well once once Churio was kind of cemented in, I shouldn't say cemented in, but looked, looking like the starting center fielder, well, yeah. you got to move Christian Yelich to first base, right? You have to, yeah. But then, but then man, Arnold kind of said no to that. So, and, and I mean, it would be weird right now, after Yelich had, I would say, a solid defensive year. As a left fielder, you could do a lot worse. He's not a complete liability out there. He doesn't have a great arm, obviously. And he's not an elite defensive player overall. But as a left fielder, again, you could do so much worse. And he's still one of their best hitters. So... I'd, I feel like it's still Yelich out there, and then I, then I, well right, you could yeah I mean that 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 there is an open door to that certainly yeah. now that I think his his contract is not nearly as daunting as maybe it used to be so right field, I mean I feel really I feel like it's really disrespectful of Tyrone Taylor to not ever say his name when we talk about this stuff but but how can you because mm-hmm. you know you've got Weimer Freelich, and Mitchell all battling for a for a roster spot for a starting spot underneath them like how. How does Tyrone Taylor even figure into that mix? Even though he was one of their better hitters by the end of the year last year, he's the guy who homered in the playoffs, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, my my gut says Sal Freelich is your right fielder, and whether that means Mitchell is here or not, or or Weimer is here or not, I don't know. I would guess Weimer's still here as the right-handed guy, you know, the right-handed pop. But truly, uh, truly a mystery. And I, I mean, I got to think that they're going to work out some sort of deal that will involve one of those outfielders. I, I just
0: can't imagine. I just can't imagine them coming into the year with all those guys here. JR, before I let you go, the financing package, keeping the Brewers here at the 2050, what are you most excited about that needs to be repaired or fixed? At <laughs> <NBA Field? laughs> That's a very funny question.
1: Well, we're getting a new scoreboard, so I guess, yeah. I guess uh, it's going to be a thousand feet long, too. <laughs> that'll be the most forward-facing thing that, that yeah. changes the game day experience. I mean, that's the that's what's so difficult about this process is that a lot of the things are not things that people will see or notice or care about. So that's what's made it a, a tougher sell. I like know. the fact that heat is
0: coming. They're gonna put Yeah. In, so we're gonna have we're actually gonna be able to go in there and have some things in the off season. That's true for like the five dates that it gets used in the Aussie said, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it gets used all the time. I don't know. We, we, we need to use it more other than bowling tournaments.
1: Yeah. yeah bowling tournaments and and monster truck shows yeah. and, uh, you know, concerts and stuff. Uh, like, I, I mean, I, 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 grew up, you know, I, I was in high school and that building was built. I love it. I, I love mm-hmm. American family field. I've always loved it. I, I defend it. I think it's a great, place to watch a game it's very comfortable which I really like about it and, and maybe not everyone cares no it's not in a downtown you know there are no vistas it's not uh, it's not perfectly situated like the like Minnesota Stadium or anything like that but I, I just I love being there and I love the building so I'm happy that it's going to still have Brewers baseball for a long period of time. I think you could you could certainly make arguments about whether or not taxpayers should be fronting all of it or, or who's responsible for what repairs you could you could definitely make those arguments I'm open to them. I personally. And pleased, uh, pleased to see that it's going to be, you know, that they're going to keep, keep keep it up and uh, and have it be one of the best facilities in
0: baseball. Jer, we'll catch up with you a little bit later on in the offseason, if you don't mind. You had, Sounds it good. Was great. It was great getting you aboard. Jer Radcliffe from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Great having him aboard. Chuck Freeman here. Locked on Brewers. That's going to do it for today. Again, you download us on Google, Spotify, Apple, on all the major downloads. And of course, go to YouTube, search Locked on Brewers. Hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. And of course, follow me on Twitter, Chuck Freeman, F R E I M U N D. It's going to do it. Chuck Freeman, Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. So long, everybody.